Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Okay. Uh, good morning. How do we do this again? haven't done a weekend recap and rant in a hot minute, but I have to give a shout out to Derek Kumferman. Uh, met him for the first time in person. I think I've only, uh, well, I don't think, I know that I've only interacted with him via Facebook, uh, but we had a big Norfin USA uh, Pro Staff photo shoot thing going on this weekend up in Hayward, Wisconsin. And I finally was able to make it to one of these. Usually, when I was fishing Minnesota Made, I always had a tournament, and I couldn't make it. Oh, by the way, <laughs> welcome to the Full Scale <laughs> Outdoors Podcast. I am Dale Luganbill. Thank you for joining. Uh, yeah, that's how uh, out of shape I am with these solo episodes. So that's, yeah, solo. All right, get back into it. So this weekend, Hayward, Wisconsin, the Norfin Pro staff photo shoot. It's a ton of fun. Met a bunch of really cool guys. And um, some of the people I knew already. Some people I only knew, like I said, through uh, social media. So it was really nice to shake some hands and meet people face-to-face, share some ice time, as it were. And, uh, yeah, five lakes in two days. That's not too shabby, you know, trying to get some different kinds of content. Uh, I think we got everything we really wanted. We had to kind of scratch it out. Conditions were not... Uh, prime Saturday morning it was I don't know if it officially hit minus 20 but it was damn close I know I saw minus 17 on my truck at one point in time Uh, there was no wind and the sun was shining and actually that day it actually warmed up to (laughs) people in the south would be freaking out but like oh it warmed up to you know like five seven above but again the sun was shining and there was like very, very little wind. It was almost dead calm. I mean, it was dead calm to start the day, and then just like the lightest little breeze came up uh, later. But I'm always amazed at how I can fish without gloves <laughs> when it's like that. It's five degrees, single digits above zero, and I can fish without gloves. 
and I love it because I hate fishing with gloves. And I think if you ask any serious ice fisherman out, ice fisherman out there, they probably tell you the exact same thing. Like gloves are just irritating. Um, you lose feel, you can't tie on jigs, you can't bait your hook, and you're adjusting your plastics, or you're putting on a waxy, whatever thing is, or a minnow head. Like, it's just, uh, gloves are a pain in the ass. Um, so it's nice when you don't have to wear them. But the thing that amazes me about that is, like, the the human body's ability to, like, adapt, right? So you got, um, uh, this was never more evident. It was about a year ago. It was like uh, shortly after I moved up to Orr, Minnesota, and I was it was that first fall. And I'm fishing on a pelican, and it was like the first cold day in like October. It was like 42 degrees, and I'm out there fishing, and I don't have gloves on. It's 40, whatever, but it was you know like it was that was probably a good 15 or 20 degrees colder than it had been, right? So it was like the first real cold wave of fall. And my hands just got so stiff and cold. I had a hard time tying on lures and just, you know, working my bait caster. It just like they were just so cold and stiff. And in that moment, I was like, how is this possible? Because I know in a few months, I'll be fishing without gloves if the conditions are right in single digits or maybe even slightly below zero. Like, how is that possible? And it's just, it's crazy to me that that phenomenon if you will of of how your body adjusts and acclimates to its climate and it's just weird i mean i guess the easiest way to say it is like think of what 50 degrees the first 50 degrees in fall think of what that feels like versus the first 50 degree day in say march one's t-shirt weather and one you're digging for <laughs> your heaviest sweatshirt you own you know what i mean like it's just wild um so yeah, so that happened, and it was just, it was a lot of fun, you know, hanging out Friday night with everybody, you know, a couple beers, and then, you know, same thing, fished all day Saturday, and I brought all the podcast equipment, and, you know, the original plan was to, and we probably should have just done this Friday night, but we also knew that if we started drinking beer and podcasting, that Saturday morning might be a little tougher. So <laughs> we chose not to do that, but we kind of had a loose plan to almost like a flight companion, but it wouldn't have been a flight companion just because I wasn't planning on like, oh, let's get four different kinds of beers. No, it was just going to be an absolute shit show of like just drinking beer and hanging out and it'd be voice in the background. I only have four microphones, so it can, you know, <laughs> there is more, way more than that present. So it would have been, it would have been a lot of fun and probably should have still done it. But man, after, being on the ice all day, and it was cold, even though it was nice because of the wind, it was still cold. And, you know, changed, we changed lakes three times, a lot of running around, a lot of drilling holes. Um, you know, and I think in a social event like that, too, I just think you're using your brain more, you know, and say if you went out solo, it was just you and another buddy. So there, that's a whole other element. And then we ate food, and it was just time to crash. You know, there was a couple, you know, we had a big group messenger thing going for the pro staff and like where's the party at where's this where's that and I was like, <laughs> me and my roomie we're, we're back at the room already <laughs> oh man i was like i ain't going nowhere son i'm i'm ready to turn this light out and pass out which is what i did uh yeah so that was that was fun um day one saturday and we headed out with the goal we were hoping to get some walleye content 
that didn't really happen. We found some like small perch and some smaller crappies, and it just wasn't really happening. Again, super, super cold. Um, so we decided to change lakes. Second lake, uh, and, I, and I couldn't tell you the name of any of these lakes, by the way. For one, they're those Wisconsin, you know, like um, I'm assuming Native American-based names. I, no idea. Like they, they were mentioned to me in one ear, out the other, and as far as like knowing where to go, I just followed the truck in front of me. So I, <laughs> you put me in, you know, at gunpoint, and I had to tell you where I fished, I'm dead. I'm so screwed. That's <laughs> just not going to happen. I'll be like, uh, Hayward area. Yeah. And there's only eight zillion lakes in that part of the country, which is pretty cool, by the way. But it's, uh, yeah. Anyways, went to this other lake. And then I started breaking out in hives because we pretty much went straight off the landing to, like, the community hole and started fishing. Like, who does that? But we did find fish. You know, it, it helps when you have a literal army of live scopes <laughs> like there were so many live scopes out there it was crazy uh, but we we found some fish and they were very deep we were fishing in a very deep basin and so that whole conversation came up of uh you know the whole barrel trauma stuff which is gonna that's gonna segue into my rant on this one that that that'll be the subject so you know we had that conversation and then thought about it and released the first couple of fish I caught. And then one of the guys was actually keeping fish. I was like, oh, we're keeping fish? And uh, so then I started keeping fish. And then kind of regretted it later just because, God, now I got to clean fish. Son of a bitch. <laughs> and I don't know. Sometimes when I know I'm going to eat fish that night, that's when I like to keep fish. And so, I don't know, I guess I got swept up in the moment. But in a way... I feel pretty good about it because I wasn't just releasing fish to maybe or maybe not die, right? The the jury's still out on that, and that's what we'll talk about later. But So we did do that, and then um, me and uh, Chad and I, I'd met Chad um, last year at the uh, Midwest Sports Show in Minneapolis. We were working the same booth. He was there for North, and I was there for Relevant. Uh, super cool dude. I like hanging out with Chad. Chad's Chad's my kind of fisherman because like that that was the thing. You know, we're supposed to kind of all be in a group and take pictures, but after a while, like if we weren't getting the content we wanted because the fish weren't biting, or we either got the content we wanted and we had some time, it's like let's go explore. And so I would just hop on the back of his wheeler and we'd rip across the lake and punch holes and, and chase fish, and that was fun. We had a super cool in that second lake. We had a cool interaction where we it was either a small muskie or a small northern that we could see on live scope. And he was chasing around the fish. And he was going way up in the water column and way down. And he, like, Chad would hook a, a small bluegill, and it would, like, follow it up. And we tried our dangness. We could not get that thing to hit one of those gills. But it was interesting, and it was fun. Like, we toyed with that thing for, like, or he toyed with us, however you want to look at it, for about five minutes. And it's just wild to watch it on the live scope. Like, that was, it's just so cool. And, of course, that, you know, that came up in conversation, the whole live scope discussion. And that's been kind of going rampant on the Minnesota Tournament Trail Facebook page. Somebody's like, oh, they, can they still use electronics? Yeah, 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 we, yeah, because it's 2024. We, we still let our, our anglers use electronics. Like, thankfully, those voices are kind of dying out a little bit. But it's like, well, I feel like it's a should be a test of skill and do these anglers even know how to fish well if you're that good of a fisherman get out there and, and win some money you know what i mean like it's it's just it's 
kind of ridiculous. I, I'm getting real tired of hearing it. And this is coming from somebody who doesn't even have live scope. I'm actually in a really crappy spot because I don't have live scope, but I fish with enough people that do. So when I strike out on my own and I fish from myself, it's like torture, bro. Be like knowing there's a better way and I'm out here banging sticks together, uh, you know, rhetorically speaking, with just my flasher. Right, <laughs> which is a far cry better than not even having that. Don't get me wrong, but there's so many situations where I'm like, uh, just that like nagging voice right in the back of your head that's like, how how, how do I know I'm even in the right spot? Are there even a fish in this space? And that the fish in this flat or this fish? It's like when you can just drill one hole and search around you in 75 feet. I'm like, oh yeah, they're over there. You know, you can just eliminate water so much faster. But not to go too deep down the forward-facing sonar rabbit hole, but the people are like, oh, it, it reduces the amount of holes you drill. That's a lie because you're ch- – you know, then you get caught up in this this pattern of chasing fish that won't stay fucking still. And you're constantly drilling on these fish and not catching them. And, and it's a two-person endeavor, let's be honest. Like – if you're trying to do it by yourself, which you can do, but it's such a hassle, you know, because, oh, they're over there and you pace it off, you drill it, and then you got to run back, look at your electronics, and then they move and you got to run, you know, it, it's, yeah, way easier with two people, way easier with three people even, you know, one person drilling, one person running behind them, you know, it has the, the rod and the and the vex to stay on those fish, but there are definitely some pluses and negatives when it comes to the forward-facing sonar for sure and using it and just having that in the back of your mind is it's like it can be a distraction as well but it's here to stay folks if you don't like it i don't know what to tell you you better just like reconcile it and make your peace with it because it is definitely here to stay and it's just a different skill you know every time a new technology comes along this happens i'm old enough to remember when flashers started getting really good and people were like, oh, this is not fair, and blah, 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 blah. And then you always hear these rumblings of banning it. And then underwater cameras came out, and then people really started losing their minds. And the same arguments, like it's not fair, is this even sporting? Do you even know anybody that actively fishes with a camera? It seems like you get some tournament anglers that use it to find fish, but not too many people actually use it to catch the fish. And then... Otherwise, the only people I know that really use cameras, underwater cameras, on a consistent basis are people in, like, wheelhouses. And then they hook it up to their flat-screen TV, and it's just fun to watch. You know, it just is. Especially if you got kids. It keeps them entertained. So that didn't come true. Pretty much all the doom and gloom things of any new technology, it never pans out. The the incoming, impending apocalypse that people are worried about, just it just never seems to come from to fruition and what ends up happening is maybe the fish get pressured and you have to adapt and you have to change your tactics you know and and in some way um they lose their effectiveness a little bit because so many people are doing it and if you're going to stand apart from the crowd you're going to have to think outside the box and come up with different stuff all right there's a rabbit hole i wasn't really intending on going down so back on track anyways so, yeah, we got some uh, nice crappies there, some really nice ones. I think Chad caught the biggest of the day. At, uh, I'm not sure if we bumped it, but it was it had to be close to 14, if not if not 14. So, really nice fish. But lots of 11s and 12s and um, north of 12s were caught. So, it was really, it was a, that was fun. A lot, a lot of good fish caught. And it was active, so everybody was catching fish. Went to the last lake, again, trying to get on some uh, walleye content. Um 
and we didn't really we saw some well, I don't we don't know if they're locals, but they were not with us. They're fishing on them. They caught a couple walleyes, but we didn't. I ended up catching a pike, I jigged up a, a pike, and I caught a perch. And that was pretty much it. I don't know if anybody else caught anything. Maybe a perch, another small thing. But we had this entire weed flat covered with tip ups and stuff on it and that was wild to me how I just thought we were gonna be chasing flags all evening and that didn't really pan out. Um, and then Chad and I ran off to go explore again. <laughs> Found some fish, but couldn't get them to bite. We don't know what they were. They looked like pretty good marks, so. And then, uh, yeah, went back and, again, had meals. And the Packers are playing. And Derek abandoned his all of us to go watch his Packers play and thankfully lose. So now I can enjoy football again to the rest of the way. And I'm going to be honest. Like, I... <laughs> When they started winning, or they were winning that game, and I may have actually, I think I actually said this in my group text before the game even started, when they won last week, I was like, you know what, if the Packers somehow make it to the Super Bowl, I'm done. I'm done with football. I'm just done. I can't do this to myself. I can't do the torture anymore. I just, I just, I just, I can't, I can't. So I was very relieved. I didn't even watch it. You know, it was on the bar, but I, I left, and then I go back to the room, and I was kind of getting the notifications on my phone and stuff, but. I went to bed. I just went to bed before the game was over and then woke up to Facebook and seeing Packer fans crying. So I was really, that made me really happy and uh, just set the stage for a really good day. <laughs> so we headed out and it was much uh, milder. I think we were already above zero to start the day Sunday, but it was windy already. It was starting to get windy. It was supposed to get even windier as the day went. And man, what a difference that makes. You know, like below zero, no wind greater than 10 degrees above and a lot of wind for sure and uh we head out this lake again it was a we're gonna we had agreed to just like basically go chase flags maybe catch some bass through the ice that's this lake was known for and uh, i mean did have walleye stuff and yeah and so we did catch it wasn't as many flags i thought there a few popped off and the first fish caught was a bass, and it was a smallmouth. I did not expect that because this was not really a, a very small lake, and, you know, the talk was largemouth. And they're like, oh, yeah, there are some in here. There's just not many. So that was that was pretty cool. So that made for some good content. And then again, Chad and I went venturing, <laughs> and there was this, like, little tiny small lake connected to the one we were on. Well, it was a, it was a small lake, the one we were on, but there's even a smaller lake connected to that because when we first started, there just there wasn't much happening. So we ventured off and then uh, found some crappies over there, but it wasn't anything impressive. So went back, joined up the crew. Some people had already left, headed back uh, to wherever home was. It's some guys from Illinois. And uh, so we hung out, started wrapping up. Um, another flag popped. I caught a little pike on the flag. And then, yeah, when we rolled up, everybody was kind of leaving. And then right at the last minute, uh, Blake with Norfin Tolson, who I've had on the podcast. So if you want to go dig through the uh, past episodes and listen to the episode with Blake, that was a good guest. Um, we talked trout fishing, and that's what we ended up doing. Because I kind of I, that he likes the trout fish, so I actually mentioned to him like, "Oh, I'm surprised I don't have any trout lakes listed on our to do list here." You know, he's oh, I got plenty of that content for Norfin. Um, but he was like, uh, "Are you headed out, or we're going to go to a trout lake?" give it I was, and I was thinking well I don't want to get back too late and I looked at my watch it wasn't even 11 yet and I was like oh shit we got tons of time hell yeah I'll go do that so four of us that remained 
It was uh, myself, Blake, Chad, and Derek went to this little trout lake and uh, kind of set up. Chad did what Chad does and went, ran, you know, we all started fishing. He ran around this little tiny lake, which was the small, by far the smallest lake of the weekend. <laughs> this thing was super small, uh, obviously deep because that trout in it. Um, he ran around with live scope and then he came screaming back, says, hey, I got a, a little corner here where they're, they're loaded. I marked a bunch. So we all headed over there. And uh, after we drilled a bunch of hole and let the thing quieted down, I actually, I actually caught trout through the ice on my schoolie rod, which was tons of fun. wasn't a huge trout, um, but it was nice, good eater size, so I kept it. And then Chad had brought some of those jaw jackers down, which I've never used, so we had some of those set up. And, you know, if we had an army of those, because you can use, I don't know, what is it, three lines a piece or something like that in Wisconsin in the wintertime, man, we could have loaded up that little bay with jaw jackers. I think we probably would have been just running around because all of a sudden one went off Derek was close he went and grabbed it so he caught his like first big trout through the ice that was cool it was a nice one I think it was like 20 inches like real nice and then he reset that and another one popped off and I grabbed it and it was another I we didn't measure that one but it was right there at 20 maybe slightly smaller still a really really nice fish uh, beautiful colors on it too and then uh, and then had another one pop off. Chad went and grabbed that one. He was getting a little salty that uh, we were all catching fish on his jaw jackers. <laughs> but uh, and then that one got must have gotten some trees. It broke them off because um, we were like right next to some flooded timber, and uh, reset it. And then he finally was able to to catch another one. And they were really kind of popping. It was it was a lot of fun. And then uh, I don't know what time it was. A little after one o'clock or something when we finally pulled the pin and uh, started to. To head back, so that was a great way to end a trip. Uh, a lot of fun, like I said, hanging out with uh, with all the guys, all the other pro staff. Um, got some good pictures. He's starting to slowly put them out on Facebook. So if you don't already, you know, go ahead and follow uh, Norfin USA on on Facebook, Instagram. You can see some really cool pictures. Uh, oh, Dog Glimmerveen was out there. It was nice to see his bearded face again. And of course, he would have been on the podcast had we actually podcasted, but we didn't. Um, so he was mostly, he wasn't even really fishing much. He was out there. He had his camera gear and, um, yeah, he was just out there, uh, yeah, out there taking pictures and getting some, getting that saucy content. Uh, those pictures are, yeah, like I said, they're already starting to release some. They've shared some in the, the confidential group and, um, really good, really good photos. So that was a lot of fun. I was just glad I could do it this year. I was really looking forward to it. So we'll see what happens next year. I may... Or may not get back into tournament fishing. It just all depends on my schedule and my fishing partner schedule if we're going to do it or not. Uh, I kind of want to. I'll tell you that. That's kind of where my brain's at. Um, it, one hand, it's really nice not having that commitment of having to run around and pre-fish and the pressure that you put on yourself to be competitive and and that and just kind of be able to go and fun fish. And then on the other hand, I miss that competitive nature. You know, I, I miss that focused uh, goal. And uh, and and I miss the the guys. I miss Minnesota made guys. All the tournaments just hanging out. You know, it's always just a good get together and hang when when you're with those guys. Bunch of a good group of dudes. So and gals and gals. Um, so that's just always fun. But yeah, we got back. Um, Head down to the cities. I'm actually at my sister's in Prior Lake. Right now, Monday morning, recording this with my coffee, and I will get it uploaded on this very same Monday. So it's hot and fresh. 
just like my coffee. Sorry, let's get into the rant here, which I don't really have a rant, but you know how that goes. It's not always a rant. It's just kind of my my worthless opinion when it comes to that. But the Barrow trauma, right? Um, so the DNR put out this study, in air quotes. Well, it's not air quotes. It was a study. It just wasn't a um, highly detailed, heavily nuanced study. You know, it was kind of very, but they were, they were looking at the effects of barrow trauma, and they were using forward-facing sonar to find these fish. And so that was part of the study, part of the article, part of the video. And some people really grabbed onto that, like they were, you know, the conspiracy-minded people. They had their tinfoil hats on, and they were like, oh, this is a way how the DNR is going to ban forward-facing sonar, right? And like I mentioned earlier, depending on who you ask, some people might be all for that ban. But that wasn't, you know, and the DNR had since come out, like that was not the point of the the study. What they were studying was barotrauma and the, and the effects of catching fish out of deep water and releasing them. And so they had tested it out, you know, in, in water less than 20 feet and water over 20 feet and then like 40 feet. And they drilled these big holes and they had this big giant vertical net system. And so they would catch fish and they would release it into that net. And they had these hub houses over and they had heaters running in there so the holes wouldn't freeze over. And then they're going to check them 24 hours later. And see and count how many you know how many fish were released, how many fish were still alive, how many died, and um, you know and and I would say not surprisingly the ones that were caught out of the deeper water those numbers you know the the dead ones grew exponentially like quite a bit. And then uh, a famous YouTuber um, I think was it Uncut Angling is that Aaron Weeb I think I could be wrong about that sorry if I'm butchering that I guess I could look it up on my um magic device right here um as i ramble on i'll do right now barrow trauma um uh, uh I don't know, let's just try that i totally spared i totally spelled it wrong <laughs> so angling buzz did the one with the dnr if you want to go check that out yeah, it was uncut angling was the one. This is bad science truths and tips for, you know, he did a whole thing. What was cool about that, though, is that if you watch his, I would recommend going and watching both of those videos. So you can, like, don't just listen to other people, their opinions. Like, go oh, check it out for yourself. I think they both have their merits. Like, they both, you know, and it, it's just one data point, right? So each 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 one had a – so. I think it would be better if they actually like work together because one of the interesting things with the uncut angling one, and I was like, how did he figure this out? But the way he was releasing his fish, you know, he'd, he'd pull them up from deep water. And I do want to say, like, in the video, he's like, he was not recommending that people go out and catch fish from super deep water. He was not saying it's okay. He was not saying you should definitely do this. It's not what he was saying. And he also wasn't saying these fish, these fish will live. He was like, they just seem to do better than the DNR ones. So he had this thing, like you take the, you dip the crappie in the water with his mouth open, the mouth like fills with water, you kind of burp them, get the air out, you close their mouth, you turn them head down, and then they swim away. And then he was using his forward-facing sonar, and you would watch them swim all the way back down to 40 feet and join their, join the school again. So in, it appeared that they lived, 
right? They at least swam away a lot healthier than the ones that the DNR did, where some of those just stay on the top and their mouth is like stuck open with lockjaw and they're just kind of, you know, barely moving when Finn is kind of like wiggling, you know, and some of them would swim down and some of them just stayed on the surface, you know, alive, but you're like, yeah, that, that, that fish is fucked for sure. Um, so it was just interesting to see that that release technique, and I'm like, how did he figure that out? That's what I, I'd like to talk to him. I should have to send him a message. I know he's got a pretty big following. He probably won't see it, but that would be he, – he could be an interesting guest to get on for sure. Um, so maybe I'll, I'll try to shoot a message. If anybody knows how to reach him, get a hold of me and help facilitate that, that would be a, a really, really interesting show to kind of talk about that. But, again, so I think – so maybe there is a better way. If that so now I think if they do some sort of study, maybe go back to that big net thing, which I feel like that you know introduces a different stress, right? They're not free; they're freely they can swim up and down the water column, but they can't swim you know right left or whatever. So that might be an additional stressor that has to be you know if we're gonna talk science, we have to control every factor possible, you know that 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 goes into it. You know that's good science and. Um, you know, and, that, and that's science. If science says something, it doesn't make it necessarily make it a fact. It's just, it's a data point. It's a process. you got to look at all that stuff. And that's why I say both videos, I think that's good information. You know, more information is always better than no information or less information. And so now I think if they work, you know, hand in hand, or they at least like piggyback off of each other's study, if you will, we can start getting a better glimpse of what that looks like, you know. And again, both parties they weren't recommending you know catch fish out of deep water and i would say the safe bet is if you are catching fish out of deep water much like we did it probably was better that most of us started keeping those fish because you know it's like you know how you don't have to wonder you know, like it's a hundred percent lethality when you're keeping fish right but at least you're not wasting the resource and they're not dying later you know at least you're actually getting to eat the fish so if you're going to fish, and I would just recommend, so that's the ethics of it, right? I think if you're going to fish for really deep fish, just have a plan to keep them. And um, when you are when you got your limit, you got your limit. Go to a different lake where you can catch them shallow and not have to worry about it, you know? Um, that would be the ethical thing to do for sure. Um, oh, the DNR was out there too on that lake, the lake we are catching them deep. And um, really friendly really friendly guy uh it was wisconsin's free fishing weekend so nobody needed a, a license which was very cool um made i think that i feel like that's why he was so happy and in such a good mood because his his workload that day was super easy all he had to do was check limits and not <laughs> and not licenses and go through that whole thing it was just like how many fish did you catch you know and on that lake the limit for crappies was 10 um let's see i was he was very nice out there and uh, shot the breeze with him for a little bit. Um, really cool. It's always nice when you have a, a nice, friendly interaction like that with uh, any sort of uh, law officer, which has generally been my experience. They've they've been more times have been friendlier than not. But I have dealt with a few seals that were just like they're just crabby when they meet you, like right out of the gate. You know, it's like, all right, dude. Like, do you need to be that way? <laughs> you know, and we're not breaking laws anyway, so I don't know why you're crabby. You should be happy, but. Anyways, that's a that's another rant for another time. 
So, yeah. All right. Well, welcome back to the uh, weekend recaps and rants. Maybe I'll try to get back on track with these. I know some of you enjoyed them. Derek is one of them. Shout out to Derek Kumferman. Um, and it was fun hanging out with him. He's a fun dude. And, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to say sorry, not sorry. I'm just going to say not sorry your Packers lost. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we talked about that. But I will say he took it like a chap. He was in good good spirits all uh, all Sunday. And lots of smiles, lots of laughs, and it was just a lot of fun. So hopefully we'll do it next year, maybe even if I get back into competitive uh, fishing that the weekends will work out, and then I can just – I can do both, all right? Is that too much to ask for, just do both things? This is what it is. But All right, coming up, I have a a, a podcast I did last week uh, with Cody Puller. If you're friends of the podcast, you are familiar with that name. So he has uh, – um, he's back to uh, – guiding waterfall again he's down in arkansas right now smashing um specs so is he back into that game did he abandon the bill fishing thing you'll have to tune in to find out i'll release that later this week uh hopefully no promises hopefully we get another waterfall wednesday up with nick johnson again he's down guiding so it's it's really hit or miss if we can get a waterfall wednesday out of course i probably could do solo episode of those or maybe find a fill-in like maybe david goose or somebody like that uh so keep tunes maybe maybe not get a waterfall wednesday sorry i know it could be more fastidious than that and um but you know it's kind of the nature of this podcast kind of fly by the seat of our pants but i will try to start getting you more consistent content i'm gonna get uh hopefully more guests um, being the director of the uh, the MTT should open some doors and make some cool connections. And uh, I guess you can expect some more walleye content, uh, for better or for worse, depending on who you are. Because uh, if I do these weekend recaps and rants with all the tournaments that are going on all summer long for the MTT, that's going to be a lot of the recaps. <laughs> it's going to be be the tournaments series, so what happened there. But, you know, in between, I do still plan on bass fishing. So, and hopefully I can still, the schedule allows, I can still fish some Loon State Bassmaster events too. So, lots of stuff. It's about to get real, 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 real busy. I'm going to try to keep up on this as best I can. Uh, Thanks to everybody that has stuck with me through the hit and miss schedule. I've kind of kept full scale uh, limping along, hasn't totally disappeared. And those who have had to trudge through and either listened or didn't listen to the full skull episodes of the Vikings podcast, um, but those are fun. That's just a really good way for me to talk with my buddy Jimmy from, uh, well, he's from here, Minnesota, but he lives in uh, in enemy territory right now, Michigan. But I will say this, go Lions. I'm fully behind them right now. Um, you know, they haven't had anything good to look forward to in forever, forever. And there are full-ass adults that have, this was the first time they have witnessed a playoff victory ever in their life. So I'm okay with rooting for him the rest of the way out. But, you know, you all saw the logo. It's going to be Ravens and Niners, and the Ravens are going to lose because that's the conspiracy. And in a way, I kind of hope it pans out because it's just more to talk about. (laughs) So there it is. All right, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. You know what it is. Whatever your passion, pursue it full scale. Don't miss.
Texas. Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'm old there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.